Hello and welcome to another episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine, inspirational stories from everyday people. Today we will be visiting with Manny Carvajal, and from everybody I've talked to, I understand that you, Manny, have quite a story to share. Well, I don't know if it's that big of a story, but it's my story. It's your story. That's what makes it big, right? <laughs> yeah. So if you just want to go ahead and start where you want to start, I'll just turn it right over to you, my friend. Okay. I guess years ago, I, before I became a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I was a Catholic, devout Catholic, and loved the Lord, and I knew that God loved me and, and knew me. And there was many things that uh, went on in, in my life that taught me that I needed to be close to the Lord at all times. And I come from a divorced family, and my mother struggled to keep us, the three kids, fed and clothed and everything else. And she taught us how to work hard and how to be good people. And that was a very important lesson that carried me through all of my life. And I think that as I strayed a little bit from the, the Catholic Church, that I was always seeking to know a little bit more, to know that, yes, I need to know for myself that God loves me and that he has a plan for me and that there has to be more than just this mortal existence. All right. So, you know, as I graduated and, and everything, meanwhile, uh, the Lord put his plan together for me, I think, and I didn't ask for signs. I didn't pray for them. They were just given to me freely. And years before, because family is so important to me, I was looking to one day have a young lady that I could marry, that I could build a family together and to uh, continue to be a good person. I never struggled with many things that made me bad or evil towards anybody or had any harsh feelings against anybody. But at the same time, the Lord, I guess, has a plan for me and and he put things in place to get me to where I am right now. And leading up to that, he also had to implement other people's lives to cross the paths with me to be able to get me to where I am. Before I met my wife, her father was transferred to Miami for a job, and he picked up and moved his family over there, his wife and two of his three kids, you know, and then went on and moved his family to Miami. And this young lady, uh, she was going to a different school, lived in a different area, and our past didn't cross until one day some mutual friends of both of ours fixed up uh, an actual meeting for oh, us. So they and set you up on a blind date? No, not really. It was just a per chance meeting. I oh. was at my friend's house, and my other friend was with her and they just happened to come over to the home where we were just playing games and she entered into my life just pretty you know uneventful at that time I was actually going out with somebody else but I could see that this young lady had a light and she was cheerful and happy and pretty good looking so yeah, you be, you better I, say that of course you know it's <laughs> true too so <laughs> yeah so it piqued, it piqued my interest and you know we uh became friends uh, as she hung out with our group of friends. She was brought into our bigger group of friends that I hung out with. And eventually we went out and started dating and everything. And as time went on, 
her father was transferred again out to Jupiter, Florida. So she had a choice to make. And, uh, you know, we had already been dating for a little while. And she chose that she was going to stay in Miami and didn't have any plan as to where she would live or anything. And my mother, she offered an extra room that we had in, in our house for her to stay at because she didn't feel comfortable leaving a young lady out in apartments out there in Florida. So she ended up living in our home and, you know, we grew closer and closer and we started talking about things like family and marriage and getting more serious about things. And uh, as we talked about that, we started talking about religion because I really didn't even know what she was. Uh, At the time, she wasn't actively involved in her religion. And I had already been a little bit estranged from the Catholic Church. And she said that she was a member of the church, you know, Mormon. And I and I really, at that time in Florida, could uh, actually say that I never knew what Mormon was. Because really? uh, there wasn't that many there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't think that I ever met one. And then, you know, she started talking about her religion. And, and I said, well, if we are to get married and to have kids, that, that she would bring them up in the church, in the, her church. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I had no pre-notions that I would ever become a member of the church. So, you know, time went on. We decided to get married. And, and in June 3rd of 89, we were married in a non-denominational church and started our family. After that, years went on and purchased a home together and had missionaries over all the time. And the missionaries were always in our home because there wasn't too many other members around us and they needed places to eat. Uh, They always would come over and they always wanted to have opportunities to teach a non-member. So I was the place. I loved to cook and I loved to eat and (laughs) I I loved to have lots of people around. So we would feed the missionaries quite frequently in our home as we started having kids. At that time, the, the kids were already in the home when we bought our house. And they interacted with the, with the missionaries, and it was such a, a cool experience. And, you know, we had missionaries that would be pushy, and I, did, I wasn't really interested in the church. I wasn't interested in converting into anything. And, you know, I accrued quite a library of Book of Mormons and, you know, was able to meet a lot of good young men that were living their religion. We had several that would come and they would call me to the position of a font unplugger and that they would you know, they <laughs> joke about, about dunking me and this and that and the other. But we went on and on. And for years, they, you know, since this had been an ongoing thing, I guess in their books, accounted that, you know, this was a home that would feed them and that they would come mm-hmm. frequently. And eventually they would come seeking my wife as the non-member and thought that I was the member since I was the one always. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. And uh, 16 years into our marriage, well, like 15 and a half years into it, we had, well, I guess it would have been 14 years mm-hmm. into our marriage. We, a missionary came into our home. He was brand new into our home and he started the process, I think, of praying and hoping that one day I would become a member of the church. And we saw him 
the Bahamas was part of the mission. And one day we were in the Bahamas and we ran into him there while he was still on his mission. And then again, right before he was going home, he was in our home for a transfer and, and he sat at our dinner table and he, and he said, uh, Brother Carvajal, I've been praying for you since my whole mission. And it's been revealed to me that you will be baptized. And he gave a date. And my wife, you know, she says she's, she chuckled inside and, you know, we went on and didn't think anything of it. But as time went on after that evening, I was, I think, praying more earnestly because the thing I love most about the church is just the fact that they teach that families are eternal and that we can be together forever. And that's a principle that I can grasp. And, you know, we got pretty darn close to the date that the missionary put uh, for me to be baptized. But on October 3rd of 2005, I was baptized. Was that the uh, date that he had mentioned? No, he was off by a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, but close enough. I mean, he was. it was still October. <laughs> right. Well, good. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, Manny, what was different about that particular missionary, do you think? You know, I think he was the first one that just came back and I don't think that he was the reason. Mm-hmm. I think he was the one that, you know, just was the straw that the, uh, yeah. broke the camel's back. Maybe the, maybe the time was right then, I guess. It was, yeah, I yeah. think I was searching and mm-hmm. he was there to just put me in the right direction. Right. And so we went through and the, he had other missionaries come and teach the lessons and everything. And the day that they planned to, uh, you know, commit me to baptism, it was already confirmed to me prior to that, mm-hmm. that I would need to be baptized. And, uh, you know, they pulled out the big guns and they knew that I really enjoyed the presence of this guy in my wife's ward. And I thought he was pretty cool. So they scheduled to have him come and to be a part of that lesson and to, you know, bring in the big guns, right. to close the deal. <laughs> and uh, throughout that whole day, I, uh, I did some soul searching and uh, I had, I think one of my biggest obstacles was always that because I was brought up in the Catholic Church and I, I was so strongly involved in that, that I had a hard time breaking the news to my parents that, you know, I wanted to leave the church and join another church. Mm-hmm. And to my surprise, they were a lot more receptive than I thought. Okay. And then later, I, after I had already spoken to my parents, I called my wife and told her, and I said, you know, hey, I want to be baptized and she says what (laughs) you know and it was a surprise to her because she didn't she couldn't see that either she knew that i i was a good person and that that there was nothing holding me back right so so the night went on and they did the whole presentation of the three kingdoms of of glory and everything and you know then they they got to the point where we want to commit you to baptism what what date works i said well whatever date you guys want and they're all just like stopped and they were like, uh, you know, stupefied. I guess they didn't think that I was serious. Uh, and, you know, they later, as their mouths were able to close, they, they realized that I was serious. And, uh, you know, the one thing that has always been my mantra is that what I believe in, I believe wholeheartedly in. Mm-hmm. And I will put my 100% into 
Uh, so if I was going to be baptized in the church, I would learn everything, my duties, and always perform those duties to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. And I never searched for signs, but, you know, how it says in Matthew 4, 7, that thou shall not tempt the Lord thy God. And I think he knew that I needed some reinforcement to confirm that I was doing the right thing. Right. And just like the scriptures that the missionaries use that what have you against being baptized. Right. And I couldn't come up with a reason not to be because I knew that God the Father loved me and that I was his son and that I had individuals in my life that loved me and were happy in this religion. And so we decided that evening that we didn't have a date because everything was kind of convoluted with my job. I was very busy. You know, I worked outside and had, you know, worked for the parks department there in Florida. And it was just very busy during that time frame. Right. And we couldn't come up with a date. And we finally came up with a date after poor missionaries were, you know, disheartened because yeah. it was here, you got, here you got somebody that's going to be baptized, but we can't figure it out. <laughs> we can't, come, right. up can't come up with the date. <laughs> <laughs> so we did that in that time of, of waiting and, and between the time that I was going to be baptized and actually was baptized. I had many trials in my life. And uh, one of them was that one day I was getting ready to go into a budget meeting and, you know, I started talking and my speech got slurred and uh, I wasn't feeling well. So I went back to my office and I just was relaxing for a little bit. And as it got worse, my whole left side of my body became paralyzed. and My vision became like star bright. So I had my secretary call 911 and, you know, they came and picked me up there and took me to the hospital. And uh, they first they thought it was a heart attack and, you know, they tried the whole medicine that they use, I guess, nitroglycerin or whatever it is. Uh, and I don't recommend anybody ever using that because it hurts. <laughs> it, it, it feels like your head's going to blow up. So they got me to the hospital. They did the millions of tests that they put you through. And they realized that there was something wrong, but they didn't know what it was. <laughs> and so this was leading into one of the hurricanes coming into Florida. I was in the hospital during that time also. And they said, you know, hey, we come up that you've had a, a stroke, but we have to confirm that with an MRI. And now because of the hurricane and the power outages and this and that and the other, we can't do the MRI. So, uh, But things came and, and left. They did CAT scans and, you know, they saw what they thought was a, a mass and it turned out to be, I guess, a like a little blood clot that dissipated the next day, and I was fine. And when went on my way after the hurricane blew through and uh, was back out on the workforce. Then uh, a few months later, uh, and I think at that time I was already baptized, but throughout my whole career in the parks department, I had come to become allergic to red ants, a specific type of ant, mm-hmm. and I, I knew that and. I carried my EpiPen with me and did all the things that I needed to. And when I got stung, I would inject myself. And 
did all that I had to. But one day after another hurricane that was coming in, uh, I think it, this was Katrina at that time, or it might have been Wilma, one of the two. I don't know the order of that. And we had to open up a part of the park after that hurricane came through and knocked down a whole bunch of trees. And I was over a tree crew and managed one of the major parks in, in the department. And we had to open up this part. And my tree crew called in sick, so I had to get up into a bucket truck and started cutting down some trees and this and that and the other, which I probably, you know, in hindsight should have never done that. But, uh, you know, who am I again to say that the order of things isn't the right way? Uh, I, was, I was in a bucket truck, and as I was cutting the tree, I felt this thing of this ant. And I reached for my EpiPen, and it wasn't there. Oh, no. I had left it on my desk in the office. So here's this idiot uh, in a bucket truck, 90 feet up in the air, drops it down to about 30 feet, jumps out of the bucket truck, gets into the truck and starts racing across the park <laughs> <laughs> and make, makes it to my office and gets to right in front of my desk and uh, falls down. That's it. I, I was having an anaphylactic shock, which then uh, in turn stopped me from breathing. And luckily, I I worked on a beach, so they called lifeguards to begin CPR and and all that. And again, they called 911. And I had an experience where I didn't see lights. I didn't see anything like that. And I I will not say that I ever saw the other side in any way, but I was witnessing what was going on as a third party. I was witnessing my secretary screaming, and, and she was hysterical for what was going on. I witnessed the lifeguards doing CPR. I witnessed when the paramedics came in and gave me the electric shock to start my heart up again. Mm -hmm. And uh, remember waking up in the ambulance on the way to the hospital and telling at that time that my, all my staff knew not to call my wife until I was at the hospital already being tended to because right. the previous time I worked quite a ways away from my home and my wife beat me to the hospital. <laughs> so I told her, I said, well, I'll call from the ambulance. And I said, well, I'm, I'm on my way to the hospital. I got stung and this, that, and the other. And this time I made it to the hospital before she did. So when I was in the hospital, I started to think this can't be, I can't leave my family high and dry. I can't, I mean, this is, it's gotten progressively worse. I had already been doing therapy for trying to build up an immunity to these bites and everything. And it wasn't working. It was obviously to me that that wasn't going to happen. So I made a decision that we were going to move. Mm -hmm. So we made that decision. And by the time we got out of the, the hospital, I think we had already put the house up on the on the market and done <laughs> all the things that we needed to do. Uh, the Lord's hand was definitely in the whole process because during the highest peak of real estate, the market in Miami, we were able to sell our home for an asking price and and get out of there. And we chose to move where there was other family. And my wife's family was here in Idaho Falls. So we chose to move to Idaho Falls with no job, with no 
<laughs> anything. No and winter coats. No. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> winter. Yeah, we didn't know about that. We, no we boots. <laughs> yeah. I think it was, I think it was June, so oh, we, okay. we had a little while uh, to start uh, doing that. I think it was June, That's July. So we came here because family was here, and again, family is so important. I only have family in Idaho and in Florida. That's it. Uh, so there was no other options that we weren't going to just go and, you know, uproot our kids from their schools and just be all alone. <laughs> so right. we chose to come here. That makes sense. And, uh, so we did, and here the church is so prevalent. And the Lord brought me here because he knew that the scarcity of the church in Florida, I probably wouldn't be as strong of a member as I am now, I think. Mm-hmm. But... The influence of many great men in the church helped me to continue to progress. And eventually in uh, December of 2006, we were moved here all in and everything. And then we were sealed in December oh, of, uh, in the Idaho Falls Temple uh, right. for all time and eternity. It was great to be able to have our kids to be there with us. That's awesome. And so... We've had a lot go on in our lives, but the Lord has witnessed to me that that this is where I should be, mm-hmm. that I have been able to serve with many great men and be able to be put into many positions in the church of trust and recently served five years as a bishop in the YSA ward here in town and had uh, amazing experiences to where I could witness the atonement of Jesus Christ's work in the lives of others. I'd seen it many times in my life, but what a great experience I had as a bishop to be able to witness that. That's fantastic. Manny, I have a question for you. What are some of the lessons you've learned along your journey? Uh, It's been an interesting journey. What have you really learned about yourself? I think if you just put your trust in the Lord, He will provide. I've learned many things in obedience as, as far as paying tithing and just doing the things that I'm asked to do, to do my callings to the best of my ability. And he has entrusted me with even greater things to do. And I don't think that if I would have just been ho-hum about my religion or the way I am, I wouldn't be where I am and have an amazing family and an amazing life and be able to do the things that I that I get to enjoy so freely. Sure. So, Manny, there are a lot of people out there who it doesn't matter what their faith is, they may have some struggles in that. Do you have any advice for them? I think they just need to stay focused on what they want. And if it's good, the Lord will grant it. The, the Lord only wants the best for us. He doesn't want us to struggle. And that's one of the reasons why the price was paid by Jesus Christ for us, so that we wouldn't have to do anything miraculous. We just need to do the things that we know that are right. Oh, that's great. Well, Manny, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your day to chat with me. And I just really love your message. I think that you may say it's not this big, spectacular story, but I really feel like that your story will touch a lot of people's lives. 
the Lord has me here for a purpose, and if it means to uh, to help somebody else come closer to Him, then I will be there to to help through that journey. Well, Manny, appreciate it. And to my listeners, remember to speak up, speak out, and speak often. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.